Good evening and welcome back to Charla Comunitaria, WDIY 88.1 Lehigh Valley Public Radio. I'm your host, Aurea Ortiz, and today I have the pleasure with me of having Andrea Seya, Executive Director of the National Museum of Industrial History, and Mr. Guillermo Lopez. Guillermo is a community volunteer, a former steel worker, and a passionate advocate for the Latino community. And today, we're going to be talking about the many events that are going to be taking place during the Steel Weekend. Andrea. Yes. Tell me about it. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for having us here. And uh, Steel Weekend and the Steelworkers Reunion is brought to you by NMIH and the Steelworkers Archives. A number of community partners and sponsors have worked hard all year long to put this together. It's going to be September 30th. Uh, Saturday and October 1st, which is a Sunday at the end of the month. And we have a number of activities, demonstrations, and programming for that day to really honor, to celebrate, commemorate, and learn more about the history of those who worked in the steel industry in our community. And today we are reaching out to the Latino community, mm -hmm. as well as any, all the other listeners too, but yeah. in particular to the Latino community because many of our Latino uh, workers mm -hmm. were at the steel. Yeah. And we have with us Guillermo Lopez. Guillermo, you work at the Bethlehem Steel for how many years? I worked there 27 years. But I was exposed to the Coke Works from the time I was born because my dad worked there 36 years. That's exciting. And tell me about any experiences that you had there that our Latino listeners would love to hear about. How was it to, at that time, I know it was a very uh, difficult time at that time, or how would you explain that? I think probably what I would want to share more is that that the fact that the Mexicans and Puerto Ricans and Portuguese people seemed to be channeled into the Coke Works, that provided them the opportunity to build community. I'm not trying to say it was all nice because the Coke Works was probably the dirtiest, most carcinogenic environment in all of the steel plant. And there was this notion that uh, Latino people can handle the heat better than anyone else. And so they got pigeonholed there. And, but out of that, you know, they uh, took lemons and made lemonade, if you will. There was a lot of talk amongst themselves when what they wanted to see as a better community, as a better life. And they were able to compare the treatment of their children, the treatment of themselves within their community. Out of their being in the workplace eight hours a day, you know, 40 hours a week, they came up with the idea of the Puerto Rican Beneficial Society. Out of that came uh, the Hispanic Center. I can go down the list of all the good things that came out from the fact that they would take lemons and make lemonade out of it. Yes, and they really could take the heat because they made those wonderful nonprofits that are helping today yes. in our community. Andrea, mm -hmm. also this kind of initiated so many programs that are benefiting our community which are those programs at the... Um, at the museum. Yeah, at the museum, Yeah, yes. you know, we have an initiative at the museum that is continuing. It is ongoing called Forging Community. 
And what we're doing with Foraging Community is we're exploring what does it mean to be part of the community here in South Bethlehem and how did the Bethlehem Steel Corporation, when it was active, how did that help to shape and change the cultural landscape here? Part of the Forging Community Initiative is doing interviews, doing oral histories, and we've recorded dozens of oral histories in the past several years. And what's really interesting that I'm hearing, we just did one last week, and it was wonderful with this wonderful woman who noted the educational opportunities when she worked at the Steel and how she wanted to go. She wasn't sure if she wanted to go to college when she got out of high school. She was recruited right away to start working even before the end of her senior year. She started working half days at the Steel. And then she went to college and she got her master's degree. and. She was saying that today, you know, when her daughter grew up, it wasn't, are you going to go to school? It was, what school are you going to go to? And she said that um, part of that sort of corporate culture that she had experienced was giving back to the community and fostering educational opportunities. Eso es grandioso, Guillermo. Que este museo está tratando de traer todas esas experiencias que tuvieron ustedes y que tuvieron tantos otros trabajadores. Qué hermoso. ¿Qué tú me puedes decir? Porque yo sé que tú tienes 20,000 historias, pero dime, dime. El, el orgullo mío es que los padres míos viven ahí. La vida de ellos viven ahí. Y este, no hay nada mejor que eso. You know, that, uh, that my parents' legacy lives on and that uh, I learned from them and hopefully my children learn from me, you know, and so on and so forth. That it was... Um, it was the right thing to to love your culture, to speak in favor of it, uh, that it's so important that the Valley hear the stories of our people in a particular way that represents that the struggle we had and how we've overcome and how we continue to. Esa legacy que, te, que le estamos dando a nuestros hijos. Sí. Esto es Spanglish también. Yeah, <laughs> Esa yeah. legacy que estamos dando a nuestros hijos. Esa, diciendo, mira, Cuando las cosas se ponen calientes, el horno, como dice, si, este, nosotros nos ponemos más fuertes. Y dicen que si, como, ¿cómo se llama? Dicen, tienen un dicho que, que si no pueden aguantar el caliente en la cocina, pues sí, se tiene que uno de salir cocina. de ahí. Nosotros los hispanos sabemos hacer eso. Y, y el Bethlehem Steel trajo ese, eh, eh, todas esas familias, esas bellas familias aquí para crear esa fuerza que tenemos ahora nosotros como hispanos. So, este... I was just recently in a conversation for a statewide organization, and they were talking about how the struggle they have hiring is that there's not enough English speakers. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm going to push back that that's a struggle that you have because my history was you didn't need to speak English to, to work in the steel mill. And a lot of the places that hire uh, non-English speaking people, there's a lot of places like that uh, nowadays. They don't pay them as well, but they... They do hire them. They figure out how to hire them without their ability to speak English. Warehouses is one example. And so I said to this uh, statewide agency, is, look at all the other models, not just the way you do it. But I came from a mill that, that spoke probably eight different languages, Pennsylvania Dutch, Italian, German, I go down to Lish, Spanish. They were able to manage people not speaking the English language there. And uh, people made a... Uh, for the most part, a good livelihood. Andrea, mm -hmm. these programs that the museum is bringing to our community, 
how is it helping the schools, our children, right. our Latino kids yeah. in school? And what do you expect they learn and, and how they give back what yeah. they're learning? So on one level, we've been offering a number of Spanish-speaking programs to the school district, and we work really closely with the Bethlehem Area School District on that. They're also one of our partners for Steel Weekend, too. So there's so much uh, cross-collaboration and community partnership. Um, we do offer Spanish language programs at the museum. You can call the museum and ask specifically to arrange something there. And what's interesting, you know, with our, with our interviews and with our oral histories, we are hearing so much of these themes of, of my father worked or my mother worked here. My grandparents were among the first people coming to this community. And so there's this sense of sort of legacy and gratefulness for how it was able to benefit lives of the family in the, in the present. And the other thing that we see, too, is this idea of this changing nature of work. So I think it's interesting to open up that conversation with young people today and say, this is what work was generations ago. What is work today? Mm -hmm. And what can we learn from that? How, what can everybody learn from that? Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, yeah. hard. It was really yeah. hard work. Like, it's not like today we have, like, a lot of computers, but... That, but at that time, it was That was really the kind of work that you had to look out for each other. Mm -hmm. um, everybody had each other's back. On hot days, they had to bring in extra people to do the work because it was just not humanly possible to withstand that heat for eight hours and do the work. So there was a, a constant rotation of, of work as much as you can and then take a break and then have someone fill your spot. I mean, this is amazing, taking someone back to the history of, of, of this museum. I, I mean, I, I go past the museum and say, oh, I'm going to go in. But now I'm more like excited to go in and learn more. And that's what we want people to do. Mm -hmm. This wonderful treasure is right here in Bethlehem. And we have to enjoy it. And we have to learn from it. The good, the bad, the ugly, whatever. But exactly. it's our history. Mm -hmm. And it's important for our kids to know. So bringing our kids there will be a wonderful experience for them. Yes. And a duty for us. Mm -hmm. Andrea, what is the Steel Weekend? And I'm like, whoa, yeah. I'm, out of, I'm out of touch or something. What, what is the Steel Weekend? So it's a number of things. It's a reunion. Mm -hmm. So any steel worker and their families, they're welcome to the museum free. We have a lot of demonstrations. We're going to have programs because we are celebrating um, the, we're learning more about the mining division and the kind of work that took place there. We're also going to be highlighting the Coke oven division. And you're very familiar with that, Guillermo. Yes, yes I am. So, um, and, and just kind of what that experience was like, Coke ovens. Sometimes I hear people will say, well, it wasn't as integrated as into the rest of the Bethlehem plant. It was geographically a little bit more separated. The yes. work that was happening there was a more specific. It was like a whole different country. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. It, we used to say that the steel mill was like United Nations, and uh, each segment was a country within itself, had its own leaders, its own workers, and, you know, contractually it was like that, too. You had to get a passport to go from one department to another, if you will. Huh, and you had to, yeah, it was, you know, you just couldn't, you just, you really had to apply and transfer, and there was rules, you got to be somewhere for at least two years before you could transfer 
to another department, that, things like that. Mm -hmm. So coke oak is very separate from the rest of the plant. Like in every place that we go, in every story that we touch, there are so many little stories that the places that, that we have visited and I have interviewed have, but there's one in particular that we were talking about just now, and it just kind of like, I don't remember, let me see, was it Lopey Dopey? <laughs> dopey Lopey? Well, Tell me about it's that a, one. It's a common theme within the plant that we didn't know people by their names, by their God-given, parent-given names. We knew them by their nicknames. So if you, they would say, do you know John Smith? No, I don't know him. Do you know Ratchet? Yeah, I know who he is. <laughs> you know, do you know uh, Zigzag? Yeah, I know who he is. You know that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So there was this day I lived on Webster Street, I had a house there, and uh, was going to work middle shift. And a friend of mine parked above my house, stopped, and just when he stopped and walked in my house to get me, I just read my daughter Seven Dwarfs, and he said, "Hey, Lopey, let's go to work." And my daughter said, Dopey Lopey. <laughs> and that was it. I was Dopey Lopey for the rest of my Bethlehem Steel career. But is that so wonderful? So, I don't know. That when, you, when you were telling me that story, I just felt like that connection and just transporting myself to that place and, and all these people talking, singing, and kind of making like jokes among themselves. That's family. That's community. If I were to say what I miss the most, it was the relationships. I definitely miss the relationships, and I still have some of them, you know, decades long. I don't know that I miss the work so much. <laughs> I, uh, I drive by and I say to myself, how the hell did I do that? You know, how, how were we able to? And I think of people that are, they were in their 60s doing this. And, you know, I'm in my 60s now, and I'm thinking, ah, it's just not possible. I would never be able to do that anymore. The elements were just uh, incredible. Knowing our history like this, it just gives us more time to kind of think about what we have. And in a moment, we are going to be learning more about the National Museum of Industrial History. So let me take a pause right now. You're listening to Charla Comunitaria. Spread the word about your business or organization to a well-informed audience. Become an underwriter with WDIY. Our lineup of NPR news and locally produced programs reaches thousands of engaged listeners in the Lehigh Valley and beyond. Underwriting on WDIY is an affordable and effective way to provide information about your product and services to people who care. To learn more about underwriting opportunities, 610-694-8100 or WDIY.org. Tune up your week with a great variety of jazz music on WDIY Monday through Friday nights from 9 to 11 offers many choices from the world of jazz featuring traditional to modern styles plus swing Sunday at 5 p.m. and improvisational jazz on the bridge Sunday nights at 10 p.m. Listen for new releases, interviews with artists, and information on upcoming performances right here on WDIY. Welcome back to Charla Comunitaria. This is your host, Aurea Ortiz, and I'm back again with Andrea and Guillermo. And now we're going to be going into what is Steel Weekend, what are all the events, and if there's any feeds, you're going to mm -hmm. let us know mm -hmm. all the details about the Steel Weekend. Yeah, so thank you to our sponsors 
um, Northampton County, Lehigh County, Hank and Joanne Barnett, One Group, the Bethlehem Fine Arts Commission, MMZ Foundation, and Borgnite Foundation. It is free and available for uh, steelworkers, former steelworkers and their families. And Steel Weekend and the Steelworkers Reunion begins 10 a.m. on September 30th. We will have walking tours of the former plant site with the Steelworkers Archives. You can sign up for those. They fill up quite fast. Um, we also are going to be showcasing a lot of archival images, photographs, videos. There's a really great video from the Coke ovens that they produced in the mid-90s that we're going to show. It's about a 10 or 15 minute film. And what I'm really excited about too is part of the Forging Community Initiative. Um, we've been doing photographs. We've been doing portraits with Ed Leskin, photographer Ed Leskin, who was one of the founding the early members of the Steelworkers Archives and his work there with Bruce Ward um, has been really wonderful and to capture and try to preserve that legacy. So we're going to be having mostly the faces of Latino steelworkers that we're going to be celebrating this year for um, Steel Weekend. And then if you ever wanted to try your hand at casting, forging, or hot riveting, you're going to be able to do that as well. So we're going to have some casting demonstrations. And then one of the really fun things that Saturday night is that there's going to be an iron pour. So we will have metal workers there. If you want to do a scratch block, create a sculpture, uh, we can cast that for you. And that's a great program. Where could people go in any website, yeah. telephone number? or? Mm -hmm. And you told me that there's no feed for the steel workers. Correct. Are there any feeds for the general public or... Um, so, you know, it is donation is appreciated because we are able with the sponsorship for this activity to be open during the weekend, but we do rely on um, admission. We are a Smithsonian affiliate, but we don't receive federal funding. So um, it is very helpful, but we're at 602 East 2nd Street, and you can go to our website, nmih.org, to learn more about the programming that's happening both Saturday and Sunday. If anybody has like a specific question, mm -hmm. who are they able to call? You can call the museum. You can call the main line at the museum, and we can refer you to, you know, to find the answers. What would be mm -hmm. the main line for the museum? Uh, you can call the NMIH main line at 610-694-6644. Thank you, Andrea. Thank mm -hmm. you for being here, for giving us all this information. Y para nuestros latinos, eh, los que nos están escuchando, esta es una oportunidad de aprender de nuestra historia, de ir y ver a las personas que forjaron eh, lo que nosotros estamos disfrutando ahora. Muchas personas tuvieron que venir aquí y abrir caminos. So, vamos a ir a aprender de ellos para, y enseñarle a nuestros hijos. El trabajo duro no, no, no enferma, es, da salud, así que es muy bueno. Y ahora tengo a Guillermo que le voy a dar una oportunidad también para que nos diga también, él, él está en todo como el arroz blanco, le decimos a Guillermo. <ríe> y él también está en lo que es el PA Latino uh, Convention y, y él también me quería decir algo sí, sobre que, eso. quiero recordar a las personas que quieren ir a esta convention, este Pennsylvania Latino Convention, eh, el septiembre 22, 23, y es en Harrisburg. Este es eh, just PALatinoConvention.com for more information. Este, they have uh, designated an institute after me. It's called the Guillermo Lopez Diversity, Equity, and 
Inclusion Institute, and I present uh, work that uh, I have done historically and uh, some workshops for people to stretch their learning. Gracias, Guillermo. Gracias por todo lo que haces y porque todo lo, la, el fundamento que has abierto para otras personas poder bueno, seguir. A sus órdenes. <laughs> Andrea, mm -hmm. thank you for being, and, and let's just mention again the dates uh, so people will, will have that fresh yes. in their minds of when the Steel Weekend is going to take place. Steel Weekend is September 30th and October 1st, but check our website because we have a number of other kinds of activities happening around that time too. Yeah, I saw mm -hmm. that before that time you have, a, yeah. the Industrial Museum is like full of activities, mm -hmm. full of fun, mm -hmm. so we just have to go there and give our donations to. Yeah. <laughs> and we expect, you know, to have like a lot of people go there and learn more about everything that the Industrial uh, Museum is doing for our community. Andrea, is there anything else that you would like our listeners, our Spanish and English listeners, to know? Yeah. To know. So um, at 2 p.m. on that Saturday, we're going to have a very special program where we're inviting Coke oven workers to do a panel on what it was like to work in that division. And so it's interesting, you know, Guillermo was talking about his father working and so many people, it's like a multi-generational yeah. story. Yeah. And so we want to hear a little bit more about those kinds of experiences. And then not a lot of people think of the subsidiary companies that the Bethlehem Steel Corporation owned around the world. And one of those was a mine in Brazil. And so on Sunday at 2 p.m., we're going to be talking with Corey Fisher Hoffman, who just came back from her uh, research. She got a Fulbright to study the Bethlehem mines in Brazil. And wow. so she's going to be doing a program uh, called Strategic Minerals in the Amazon. That's going to be really interesting as well. Wonderful. And these have specific dates or? Yes. Yeah, so uh, the Brazilian mining program is Sunday, October 1st at 2 p.m. And the Coke Oven reunion discussion is Saturday, September 30th at 2 p.m. Thank you, Andrea. Mm -hmm. Guillermo, do you have anything else to add oh, to our well, conversation? Well, you know, I, I think what I want people to know, how um, family connected the museum is. Andrea here is very humble and not saying, but she's the daughter of one of the most uh, loved supervisors in the steel mill, Mike Zaya. And, you know, he was just, uh, just a gem of a guy. And uh, to have that legacy and, and, you know, having family, it feels really like it's people that we know, that we love and we care for. So, you know, that, that's something I think people need to know. I also want to say that it's not, not everybody has the same story, you know. I've witnessed a lot of people tell stories and talk about how wonderful this working in the steel was, but that wasn't always the case for everybody. There was, uh, there was some struggles with parity, with equity. Hardly any black people were hired. The people that, the Hispanic people that worked there were put into places that made the least amount of money, but had the most uh, dangerous health kind of environment. You know, now in this phase of our society, we get to see what we can do better versus what happened then. Thank you for bringing me something because I always, and like, forgive me, Andrea, because I always start with the personal, and I'm ending this time with the personal. Now, Guillermo brought something so important that I always begin, right, Guillermo? I always yeah. begin your personal, your, 
And that's the, the most important thing. Can you tell me about your father in, oh. in your personal connection? Because that's the most important thing in this yeah. whole conversation. Well, it's interesting. I remember when the Smithsonian was in Bethlehem in the 90s, and they were touring the plant before the closure, talking about the museum. And he said, we had somebody up here. You should give him a call. Maybe after you're done with school, you can get a job there. So it was kind of a, a fun a fun thing. And then it was many years, of course. The museum opened in 2016. But when we were installing the exhibits, I took my father in with his friend, Willie Altimos. And Willie Altimos said that his grandfather worked in that electrical repair shop. That's the building that the museum is now housed in. Mm -hmm. And... Um, my father also said that was his first office, was in that building, or where he first worked when he was on the power gang. And um, so we walked through that building, and I did not realize necessarily the connection. When he came home from work, he was tired. And like a lot of steel kids, they weren't really telling us, you know, what was going on. Right. It was, how could we relate, you know? But um, it's been really interesting to talk with him now and hear his stories about uh, his time. He loved working in the mills and in the Saucon division mostly. And the people, he always says, because he worked with maintenance when something broke down, uh, and he said that the maintenance crew, that crew that he worked with, they were the best in the world. And he, he totally believed that if they went up against any other maintenance crew, that the Bethlehem maintenance group would, would fix it. That is so Beautiful. I mean, like, you see, if could you you bring it up, I would, that's, that's the first thing I yeah. should have asked. Like, you mm -hmm. know, because that to me is important. Mm -hmm. As like when I was asked to do this type of show, I said, this is something important that, that we are the human side. For mm -hmm. me, the human side of the story is the most important thing. Guillermo yeah. brought his human side, mm -hmm. and you brought your human side, and that's the most important thing to me. Mm -hmm. And also all the information that we have yeah, too, because yeah. everybody has to go to the Latino, the Latino community have to go and, and see and, and experience and be part of the legacy that our fathers uh, left us. And, and Guillermo, thank you again. Thank you uh, for, your, for your efforts to bring this to the Latino community because, you know, sometimes, you know, if people don't bring up all this information, it just stays in the shadows and nobody, and this is history. And our kids needs to learn this. All our kids, Latinos, non-Latinos, right. everybody has to learn this because it's important. This is Bethlehem. This is our community. We made a great contribution to this community and I just want people to know that. Thank you. And Andrea, thank you for your time because it has been amazing. It has been like a pleasure to me to meet you today and also to get to, to learn more about the, the uh, museum, the yeah. National Museum of uh, Industrial History. Thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you. Thank you. You're listening to Charla Comunitaria. It's your host, Audio Ortiz.
you enjoyed this program, please go to WDIY.org or the WDIY app to share or become a WDIY member.